Megan Hicks of Iron Far, and we're here in Olympic Valley, California. It's a couple days before the 2017 Western States 100. I'm with California's Chris Spocko. We meet again. <laughs> I'm excited for this interview. We're going to be completely serious this time. No, no, we're not. No jokes. No. I've been having nightmares since our last meeting at the finish line of Lake Sonoma a couple months ago. Not sure about you. Uh, well, I was prepared to get interviewed by Brian, and <laughs> I got an email late last night saying that there was a switch, so all of my jokes had to completely rewrite them today, so we'll see if they land. Here we are. Yeah. Um, you are not unfamiliar with Western States. You were here last year in your debut 100 mile, your debut Western States. You finished seventh in a little over 17 hours. Was that just a stroke of like God's good luck or can you talk about what your Western States day was in a nutshell? Absolutely, yeah. So um, I think the just the three words to summarize it would be under the radar. Yeah. Under the radar. I, you know, I had if a lot of... it's possible for somebody <laughs> as large as life in personality and physicality as you to stay under the radar, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I had confidence in myself that I could do well. My coach, David Roach, had a ton of confidence as well. So the goal going in was top 10. If we had a really good day, maybe fifth was a possibility, okay. but we were, we we're realistic that probably anything above that was a little too, a little too, uh, optimistic of okay. a scenario, but, uh, you know, wasn't getting any, any pre-race interviews. <laughs> I probably shouldn't have showed up today for this. Cause it's like, Oh, now you want to talk to me. Yeah. And, uh, went Come into, on, I run far. <laughs> can't you be friends when I'm a little man? <laughs> um, and went into it with, with, you know, absolutely no pressure and that's probably the best place you can be um, because you can only exceed expectations sure. after that and uh, ran very conservatively from the start actually you know I was in a pack with Danucci and some of the other guys who ended up in the top mm. 10 and right about mile five had to take a break what, what did you do on your break since popped, popped a popped a quick squat at mile five and uh, that's, did not that's all the details you're going to share all, after your urinate details about urination in our last interview. I am waiting for the poop story. Okay, well, I mean, the the lesson learned is do not eat carrots the night before, so okay, okay. no more carrots. Um, but that your was Western States runners, please avoid. Don't do that. Yeah. But that actually was <laughs> the best possible thing for me because I detached okay. myself from the pack, and for the next thirty miles barely saw anyone. The only person I think I saw was Jeff Browning past okay. me, past me in a, a blaze of glory as he was going to pick <laughs> off runners. And it really just kind of put me in a nice mental state where I wasn't worried mm. about staying with a pack of runners and I could completely run my own pace. So through Robinson flat all by myself, I think I saw somebody in the next 10 miles and I tried to hunt them down and I did not make any progress. And that okay. was very frustrating. Okay. And I think I might've gassed it too much because going into devil's thumb around mile 40, I was completely spent. The, oh. quad, the quads were already shot. That's less than halfway through the race. That is very, very, very far from the halfway point. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, so that was very discouraging. And okay. I immediately, I started running. I don't think this will be on the camera, but I was running knees inside, knees outside, uh, trying to like okay. activate different parts of my quads. Like, yep. please, something change. And nothing changed. And so I actually think I might have run slower down to Devil's mm -hmm. Thumb than up it because okay. my quads were, were destroyed. And so got to the top of that and was in a bad state of mind mm. like this is going to be a long day okay and fortunately you know it's kind of the the theme for the day you come back to life <laughs> and, and did your quads actually come back to life or did you just survive them i just survived them okay. so uh yeah i just survived them i i got to michigan bluff and actually i think the biggest thing that helped was michigan bluff got to see my crew for the second time uh, i got a butt slap from amelia boone so that helped 
even though I did not did not acknowledge it or know that it happened sub what do you mean? subconsciously how can you, how can you not know it happened when when you're that deep well, I was already in a dark enough spot that <laughs> okay. you know uh, I did not even notice it but uh, okay. got out of Michigan Bluff and then got to phase two of going into the dark dark place and was walking through volcano oh, really? thinking like this is the worst possible day it's hot it's totally exposed and i was like this is going to be a very long day okay and got very very dark but i was shocked that nobody was passing me hmm. so so I'm, you couldn't have been going that slow i mean i was walking i don't know how much slower you can go than a walk okay. i mean i have a good power hike but it was it was not fast at the time and uh <laughs> so how'd you put yourself back together because seventh place in a little over 17 hours is not not a walk home yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so I, I i wish i i could remember what what happened oh, but okay. uh it continued to get darker i'm gonna take a long time <laughs> telling the story but it, i need to i need to make it clear that it was not i'm still always... seeing my therapist yeah. about this so. yeah, it was very very dark it's like why am i here it was it was very dark um but getting out to bath road forest hill I started seeing other humans mm. and I passed David Laney and Chris Danucci mm. and first of all, David Laney, best legs in the business. I was like, are you serious? Hey Dave. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is incredible. So that gave me probably too much, uh, um, adrenaline boost there, too many endorphins and really ran out of uh, bath road okay. and got to forest Hill. There were all these people and it felt exactly like going through Wellesley during the Boston marathon. Okay. And the only lesson that anyone tells you at the Boston marathon is don't run too hard. Check your pace at Wellesley cause you're probably going to go too fast. Okay. But I didn't do that. Okay. I kept on running hard and finally got back to Cal, Cal street. Mm -hmm. And first of all, so this was my first time running Cal Street. I assumed I had 20 miles of pavement because Cal Street sounds like it would be a street. Oh, that's amazing. You really thought it was 20 miles of pavement? Um, I'd only run about Such a noob. 20 miles of the course. So uh, Amazing. So not good. And, that's so uh, amazing. Like maybe call a friend who's done it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That probably would have helped. Yeah. Um, but I heard all <laughs> of these people, they run so fast. The marathoners, they can run so fast on this Cal Street. Um <laughs> I did not. I did not. I got I, Chris repassed me. I think two or three other guys either Amazing. passed me or we went back and forth and it was a struggle down to the river. Mm. It was awful. Mm. And I think a lot of it had to do with heat, poor hydration and the quads continuing to hurt. Okay. So it was like boom, 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 punch, left punch, right punch. Patty O'Leary was pacing me at the time. And I think he left with like the most confidence ever that he could run Western States because he was like, this is so easy. Look how slow <laughs> this guy is going. And I'm like, <laughs> I promise there were points when I was actually running quickly, but it wasn't, it wasn't there. But I think what saved the day was the river. Um, getting wet, getting in the river, cooling down. It made a huge difference. Huh, okay. um, and at the moment I, I was like, I need to get to the river. Everything will change there. And it didn't because you have that two mile climb back out to, yep. to Greengate. And I was like, oh my gosh. Um, but I got to Greengate and they said, hey, Sage is looking terrible. <laughs> There's three other runners who aren't looking that good. And in a couple more miles, I was going to find out some other news, but did not, did not find that out until mile 90. But uh, <laughs> uh, once I got to 80, I knew, okay, 20 miles is a little bit more manageable. Let's start racing. Mm. And I'd been, you know, recovering for the last 20. So I had something in the legs okay. and for the next 10 miles, you know, it was Danucci, um, Kyle Piatari and myself kind of yo-yoing back and forth. And it really helped forget about how much pain you were mm. in. Cause you were compete actually competing with people, which I wasn't doing for the first 80 mm. miles of the race and I get to mile 90 and somebody at an aid station's like, Hey, you're about to catch him. And I was like, Oh, Sage. And they're like, no, Jim. And I was like, are you, are you sure? 
I thought he was done like three hours ago. Did you get that right? Yeah. Um, and we just went nuts after that. Mm. We just took off and the last 10 miles were very painful, but uh, we ran what I thought was a pretty good clip uh, mm. all the way to the finish line. Mm. And it was just extremely motivating passing runners who didn't look like they were going to pass you back. So um, really just helps continuing to move up during the race. So if anything, I, you might be asking, so what's your plan for this year? If anything, I hope that I have <laughs> the ability. Do you just want to interview yourself? <laughs> yeah. Let, yeah. Do you want to sit down and just grab another beer and I'll just talk for, to the camera for... <laughs> I mean, and so, Mom. <laughs> uh, I mean, I have a lot of alone time at my house. So I do a lot of... I, lot, a lot I still of have all my words to use for today, okay? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, th there you can't um, undervalue the mental boost from passing a runner during a race. So if you're in the lead the whole time, it makes it pretty tough to do that. Sure. There's only one place to go. Um, and so hopefully we have an opportunity to do that in, in the second half of the race. Before we talk about this year's race, I want to ask you a little bit about your last year of racing. Yes. We're coming on the end of June. We just passed the solstice. We're almost halfway through 2017. By my calculations, you have more than 250 miles of racing on your legs with 100 more to come this weekend. How are your legs feeling? Like, let's be honest. Uh, great. I think I've run 20 miles this week, so okay. feeling really fresh. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, I think people, when they see racing schedules, are like, oh my gosh, how are you racing that much? That's crazy. But uh, when you approach a lot of those as basically long runs with support and we talked a little bit at, at Sonoma about that it makes it a little bit more manageable so um, the one in Marin the low-key race in Marin even Utah it was more about having a decent training week and then going into having a, a better long run so I don't think there's that much difference between doing that where you're actually getting support or uh, during the Western States training camp there are all these people on day two when we stopped at Forest Hill we're running all the way to the river I'm like mm. are you serious you're still going so, so that's a 50 mile effort as well yeah um, it, it gets me out the door in the morning it helps me prep for like my race protocol the night before and morning of so I I don't think it took that big of a toll okay. I will say um, going to Ireland to run a road marathon <laughs> three weeks ago was probably not. Yeah, so how did that actually come about? Because when we talked at the finish line of Lake Sonoma, you're like, you know, I'm really going to cut back on this stuff. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, here's a marathon added in yeah, yeah. across the pond. <laughs> um, so the mayor of San Francisco <laughs> invited uh, two members from my athletic club, the Olympic Club. Okay. They said, hey, uh, if anyone wants to go to our sister city, Cork, Ireland, uh, we'll, we'll help uh, kind of sponsor you to run there. And so I actually think I knew before Sonoma that okay. I was doing that, but um, it was so low-key that it wasn't worth even bringing up. And I assumed nobody cared about road racing. Um, <laughs> but I was like, okay, good, good chance. It was, it was right after I quit my job, so I was saying yes to everything. And I was like, there isn't a better opportunity to do this. The winning time had, hadn't been south of 2.30 for a while, so I knew it would be a good effort, but not out of my comfort zone. And so I was like, let's go for it. Let's try to win this. And I showed up on the race day and some guy took it out at almost 220 pace, which would have been a PR for me. Yeah. I went with him like the idiot that I am, even though I said, okay, no faster than six minute pace. Here we go. If you're feeling He's good, going, go. maybe 530. <laughs> um, and of course I took off because that's what happens when you get, you get the competitive juices flowing. Yep. And he was a local. Everyone's cheering for him like, go Alan. And <laughs> they, I was wearing a USA kit. So they were like, boo, we hate Trump. Get out of here. Now they were very friendly, but I felt like the outsider, like ruining it for them. Sure. And he took off and ended up getting a bit, fairly large lead. And it wasn't until the last 10K when we actually went through some rollers that I was able to catch up and pass okay. him. So 
harder effort. I think I ended up running 226, which is faster than I thought I'd run. I haven't touched that pace basically this in I don't know for a year yeah, year and a half so yeah. uh exciting that I can run that without much training in that direction so sure. my base is definitely there but it ended up taking a bit of an emotional toll <laughs> um the travel's always exhausting okay. the racing was harder than expected and uh the post-race celebrations maybe a little harder than I anticipated because it had gone well. So yeah, and um, you know, people in Ireland they like to celebrate, yeah, don't they? Yeah, yeah. But they're also very friendly. So um, <laughs> I don't know if they have any. If there's a big trail running scene yet, but if they have any races, I'm definitely willing to come back. I'm in. Yeah. Okay, here we are at the starting line of Western States. The race starts in less than two days now. I think you're a different runner this year. I mean, I think your capabilities are at least an hour faster than you ran last year. What kind of runner do you think you are now? I feel like I'm completely different. Okay. Um, I don't think I was able to show it at Lake Sonoma. Uh, I, I felt good going into that race. I was tapered. And the first couple miles, I was like, oh, not having a good day. Okay. <laughs> I saw you. I was definitely not having a good day by the time <laughs> I saw you. It didn't help that we went out at some ridiculous pace as yeah. well. And I don't think that course suited me that well. But um, my confidence climbing but especially descending is just much different than it has been in the past and I need to remember that because right now all I can think about is I've had basically two weeks of pretty easy running yeah. haven't done hard workouts it's easy to start playing mind games with yourself but I mean I think I did the math I've done a hundred thousand more feet of climbing than I had in the this three last year. in the three months leading up to the race so that's significant yeah um so i think that all of that will make a difference and just having experience knowing what like anything past mile 40 feel, anything past mile 26 feels like sure. in a race is going to make a huge difference so i would be i would be disappointed i would be lying if i said i wouldn't be disappointed if i didn't break 16 hours okay um, so you're looking for a sub 16 i think that's a realistic target okay even in the conditions that you're going to face the first 10 or 12 miles of the course? Yeah, so that's a, that'll be, that's the, ca the asterisk, the yeah, big yeah, caveat. Yeah. Um, who knows what that's going to be like. So I'm, I am not putting any time pressure on myself. Got you know, it. I don't think 17 hours would have been seventh place in like any previous year. Like last year's race was very slow. Yeah. Um, so it's hard to worry too much about time versus place, but you also don't want to put yourself too far back to, to have too much work at the end. So I'm basically going to you know, get to Forest Hill, yeah. <laughs> ideally between 2.30 and 3. In the afternoon? In the afternoon. Okay. Um, I always get the hours wrong. I told somebody, oh, be there at 1.30, but that'd be like a half an hour ahead of, of course, record pace. So not, yeah. not that fast. Yeah. But I, I think that's a good zone. I think I was at 3, almost 3.30 last year. Okay. So I think that's very doable considering the breaks and just how much harder it was for me last year. I, I mean, I just running the training camp and running the same section, obviously mm -hmm. on fresher legs, I just, it just felt so much easier. So I'm just, please have my quads yeah. <laughs> for that section. And yeah. I think it'll go a lot better. So first 30 miles, I, I can't worry about it. Cause who knows what that's going to be like. I think the, the most interesting thing is going to be these snow bridges. Mm. So apparently oh, the, like running over creeks, and the stuff. creeks are melting the snow underneath. And so you could be running atop the snow and it'll just collapse. Okay. And so that could be interesting. So I'm, I'm debating about whether it's going to be better to be out front or actually be further back in the pack. <laughs> Have a few um, people test it. A few people test it. Because um, I think something... Although almost all of them will weigh less than This you, is true. This is true. Sorry, yeah. But <laughs> yeah. 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 So when, it, when Jim passed me on the, at the, the training camp, well, every training camp day, um, <laughs> he was running on the snow kind of like Legolas in Lord of the Rings where he's just... <laughs> And I'm the fat dwarf, just like, oh, this is so hard. And he's up on top. And I'm like, this is not fair. Um, 
but uh, you know. So good being 30 pounds lighter. <laughs> but you know, whatever. Uh, yeah. I uh, feel like that can be an advantage as well. So okay. I, I was on the, the car ride up, I was convincing myself <laughs> that um, running a hundred miler is not unlike a beer mile. And In what way? Stay with me here. Stay okay, with me. stay with me. Okay, one of my here. one of my best beer miles, and I haven't. I, I can talk about beer miles. I used to do them. I haven't done them for a while because um, they're not they're not cool for thirty one year olds to be doing. Um, the 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 best beer miles I've done have not been when I've been the fittest because when you're the fittest, your stomach is actually smaller, mm. and getting the beer to fit in the stomach is harder. Uh-huh. So one of my best ones was um, the morning of. Then, or two nights before I had bought one of those, bought one of those Costco size pumpkin pies. They're like, they're literally $5.99 and they can serve like a family of 30 for a week. They're huge. And I think I had friends over or maybe I, I told myself I had friends, but I had half left and I was stressed out about this beer mile. I don't know why. And I ate the other half the morning of the race. And it was, what? It was probably, I don't know, 2,000 calories worth of pumpkin pie. And... I'm convinced that it expanded. I'm convinced that it expanded my stomach in a way that I was able to handle the beer better, or just the sugar, the, the pure sugar, kind of boosted me. So that's the wow. way I'm approaching this race. So I've 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 trained my stomach to handle pretty much anything right now. Are you eating pumpkin pie on Saturday morning? I'm not eating pumpkin pie, oh, okay. but uh, I failed the Cool Whip test. <laughs> Uh, on, on Sunday, we had shortbread uh, and Cool Whip and strawberries okay. for Father's Day celebration okay. at our house. And there was a about a half a cart, a carton of Cool Whip left. Cool Whip, as they say in Family Guy. And it was sitting there just staring at me all week. And I said, Chris, you're stronger than this. You're not going to eat it. You're mentally strong. And I was like, this is like the Cool Whip test. If I can get, if I can not eat this, then I know I'm mentally prepared. Amazing. And this morning I ate, I ate the whole thing. You I did. Just, just, just spoon, just, I'm stressed. I can't do this. Um, but I think it's going to help. <laughs> Deep down, it's got to help. It's, it's got to help. help. It's got to help. That extra 1,500 calories. Yes, absolutely. Going to be using it yeah. in the canyons. Yeah. Um, my last question for you. You talked last year about maybe going too hard in different places. And I hear you in this interview talking about um, competitive juices and trying to ward those off. <laughs> I mean, there's a certain guy who said that he has plans to race pretty fast and that he's going to put himself at the front of the pack straight away. And there are no doubt going to be other gentlemen who try to emulate that and at least like stay in contact. How are you going to run your own race given that that's happening and you do have these competitive urges going on inside of you? Knowing, knowing what you know from your Western States last year, um, how are you going to run your own race? It's going to be tough. Yeah. It's going to be, I'm, I'm telling you now, oh, I'm going to run my own race and I've written about it and I've talked about it and I don't but think. But are you going to do it? I don't think there has been a race where I have run my own race. Okay. I always do something wrong. Okay. Um, I'm hoping this is the exception because I know how badly so the second half. So you there's a chance. There's a small chance. Um, I, I have to keep keep myself in contention. and But the way that I see it is. When you get to Forest Hill, you still have 38 miles to go. Yeah, it's a long way. And if you're feeling, I feel like I probably averaged 10-minute pace from there to the finish. If I'm having a good day and can average 9-minute pace yeah. or 8-minute pace, yeah. then you're talking about an hour difference, hour and a half. And so it's either go out a little harder and hold on or save something and either the hot weather or the snowy 
muddy stuff at the beginning might have an impact on runners. Sure. But you know, if I if I execute my plan and the best that equates to is eighth place, then that's as good as I could do. Yeah. Um, but hopefully, you know, the training will get me to Forest Hill feeling really fresh. I'll get my pacers and we'll start really hammering and I'll just start picking off runners and feeling good, hitting splits and just the juxtaposition of the way I felt last year versus, that's a big word, that's a good, good yeah, word for good uh, of last year versus this year, um, I hope will kind of encourage me to keep going. And the fact that I know what, what 20 miles of running left feels like, last year I, I don't think I started running like okay all out now until about six miles to go okay. I feel like that's going to start much Earlier. sooner yeah um, so there's two things that I don't want to have happen one I don't want the clock to say oh one I need to get under the next hour mark <laughs> and two I would hate it if anyone finishes you know with it, like more less than two minutes ahead of me okay so if they're that close even five minutes if they're you that want close, to have been able to hunt them down I want to be able before to hunt them down. Yeah, yeah. you want them to be two minutes behind you yep got yep. it and you know I gave Jim like four hours at mile 93 and I was able to catch him. Yeah. So anything can happen. Anything, can, anything happen. can happen. That's the beauty of 100 miles. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Nothing is written in stone until the finish line. No, I mean, I, something is going to happen out there. There's <laughs> too many elements, the snow, the heat, um, what he's trying to do, that something big is going to happen. I would like to be part of it, whether good or bad. I feel like uh, good or bad being part of the story helps your brand so i'd like to be part of it and it's a going to be a good experience but um yeah i just hope i hope you guys don't forget about everyone else in the field because we'll be out there too don't forget about the other ones <laughs> we're trying hard too okay um but yeah there's a there's an amazing women's race um uh, what jim's trying to do is going to be super exciting so uh, if anything it's going to bring you know more exposure to the sport sure. which you know rises all boats Rise it, the tide rises. Yeah, I yep. think that's, you're I think there. That's the line. You got that's it. Line. Yeah, that's the line. Yeah. I haven't spent a lot of time at the ocean, so I don't, I don't know the sayings. <laughs> All right, Chris. Well, it's always interesting to speak with you, mm -hmm. and I wish you the best of luck in running your own race on Thank Saturday. You. Thank you. Now, can I finish with my pitch, my hat pitch now? Yeah. Okay. Quickly. So huge announcement. Oh. The Mako Show hats. We have a new Mako Show hat uh, reprinted. Um, so we printed hats for last year. Who's we? I mean, um, we're talking about the, the Mako Show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so when I talk about the Mako Show, I have to talk. I don't know what we is. What person is that? Uh, well, that's like you and your <laughs> You friends. and others. Yeah, yeah. I feel uncomfortable being like, I am doing this. So it's we. <laughs> okay. we. But it's my crew. It's, it's my it. landlords. Uh, your landlords. <laughs> who are also my crew. So. Awesome. Um, uh, Chris and Caroline, thanks for being out here again. And we have new hats. Okay. And they have these cool hashtags. Can you please read the hashtags on the hat? Costco for Mako, hashtag basement life, and hashtag team fatty pancake. I yes. mean pancake. Yes. So these will be on sale, obviously, uh, after the race. Oh. But uh, there's a little bit of a twist. Chris. Do you want to know what the twist is? Uh, you gotta, you gotta shorten your pitch, buddy. <laughs> Uh, elevator pitch, so I had a, I have a very slow elevator in my gym, so I can speak for a long time on it. Um, People are trapped with you for hours! The price of these will go up based on my position. <laughs> okay. So, you should buy the stock low and hope that it increases. There you because, go. you know, if I, if I crack the top 10, price immediately jumps up. So, get your orders in early. Get your orders in early. Um, yeah, and tomorrow we, we also will have a, a fairly big announcement um, concerning 
what I'll be running in. But oh, well, you just we announced can, it we by wearing that. it. We can save that for, we can save that for tomorrow. Who okay. knows what it's going to be? Wow, who is Chris Mako running for? I just can't tell. <laughs> um, my only other question for you. Oh. Is there going to be a, a post-race interview, and when do those happen? Well, we generally interview the podium okay. at the Sunday awards ceremony. Okay. So just, you know, put that on your to-do list, okay. but run on the podium first. Okay. Okay. Um, that sounds great. There you go. Um, There's your challenge. Uh, the, the final thing I'll close with, because I feel like you we're, have occupied we're, about uh, <laughs> we're a little under time. We're about no, 10 minutes no. under the record. We're about three times up into like four sections. So that you, you realize each revenue. extra minute that you speak is extra minutes of work processing your <laughs> interview. I'm just saying, um, like, do you want me to sleep tonight? Thanks, Chris. What do you have uh, to say? So last year went fantastically well. Um, I finished seventh. I was on the podium. I, I guess podium. I was in the top 10. Mm -hmm. I was the only unsponsored athlete in the top 10. Um, this year, regardless of outcome, I've already had a much better campaign. So <laughs> going into it, it's important to have some perspective about where I've come from. And I think, I mean, you've, you've uh, alluded to it as well. Um, so I'm just super excited to be out there. And, you know, if this year doesn't go well, I'll be back next year. But I really hope there's some fireworks at Placer High and it goes well. And if you're on the track cheering, please stay out of lane one because I'm going to want to close. And that's where we're ending. There we go. Don't get in his way on the Placer High track. Thank you. Good luck, Chris. Thank you so much, Megan. Bye. <laughs> I've been in a...